This week's episode of Nightmare on Film Street is brought to you by All Hallows Eve LLC's Terror Town. A Halloween festival made for the adult horror fan, Terror Town is a 19th century haunted attraction filled with restaurants, bars, axe throwing, live music, and performances, including Nightmare on Film Street. We'll be at Terror Town October 4th, 5th, and 6th, hosting a screening of Sleepy Hollow with a Tim Burton costume party, a Dead Alive bingo game, and more. Terror Town is open now and runs weekends through November 3rd in Williamsburg, Ohio. Visit AllHallowsEveLLC.com for tickets and info and come to hang out with the cool creeps. That's AllHallowsEveLLC.com. This week's episode is also brought to you by the dearly departed darlings of the Two Ghouls, One Grave podcast. Two Ghouls, One Grave is a horror podcast that dives into horror films, unsolved mysteries, and the paranormal. Join your hosts, Meg and Joe, as they step into the cemetery, make a fresh cup of coffee, and chit-chat all things horror. Find them on their website, tgogpodcast.com, and tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's tgogpodcast.com. You know, like two ghouls, one grave. I think you get it. Fellow fiends, welcome to another terrifying and delectable episode of Nightmare on Film Street. The horror podcast with zero credibility but all of the blood, ghouls, and gore your puny heart can handle. <laughs> Let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are talking a devil in a prom dress, right? That's that's right. We are welcoming you to your 10-year high school reunion with 2009's Jennifer's Body and 2009's The Loved Ones. Your prom dress is out of style. (laughs) You know, the prom dresses in these movies look like they're already 10 years old. They're ragged, they're torn, they're covered in blood. Everything that happens as soon as you leave high school and go and off into the adult world. I'm pretty sure taffeta is not a thing anymore. John, do you know what taffeta is? Uh, I believe it's a small wooden ship. <laughs> <laughs> no, is it? Is it like tool? Is it like stuff that hangs out from the bottom of a dress? Tool goes under taffeta. Oh, now we're into the thick of it. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Taffeta is like if silk and vinyl had a baby Ugh. and it was like shiny and curtains. <laughs> <laughs> and this is on a dress. Yeah, it's it's the dress. Like That's what the, the dress is made of. Uh, the dress in The Loved Ones, I'm pretty sure, is taffeta. You know, like that shiny material. Okay. Like you could throw a drink in it and it would all just like splash off. Like I... it wouldn't absorb at all. All right. <laughs> That's taffeta. Or blood. I guess it's it's fishing for blood. Okay. I don't think taffeta is waterproof. So it's the killer's, don't, killer's don't preferred taffeta. fabric. <laughs> taffeta is not your apron of choice. <laughs> Before we get into it, though, Kim, I need to ask you... What's keeping you creepy this week? Well, a little belated, we saw It Chapter 2. We Last podcast, I think, we we recorded was the day it was coming out. Yep. And so now we've seen it. 
Uh, I've written a review on the website at nofspodcast.com. Little plug there. And we're spoiling the end right now. No, we're not. You've no, had a not. week to watch it. No. Everybody's seen it. Some people, I think, in the UK like just got it or are just getting it now. So We recorded our full thoughts on It Chapter 2 in our Patreon-exclusive Drive Home from the Drive-In episode that we release each month for a major film hitting the theaters. Off the top, though... Non-spoiler thoughts. John, what did mm-hmm. you think of It Chapter 2? Uh, I liked It Chapter 2 a little more than It Chapter 1. Uh, maybe it's just because it was adults and it wasn't uh, dripping in nostalgia, uh, which is a big problem for me. Uh, I've talked about it a lot. But, uh, you know, it had some good scares. An interesting, like, rework of uh, of that story that we're all familiar with. But, I mean, like, overall, I didn't absolutely love it. I thought Bill Hader was incredible. Uh, I thought the actor who played Eddie was also amazing. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so MVP awards to both of those guys. Yeah, I agree. I think those two actors were completely standout. Utterly amazing. Unfortunately, it didn't land so much with me. I thought the CGI was really kind of heavy handed for my personal taste. Also, I wanted more Pennywise. I wanted more Bill Skarsgård. Uh, unfortunately, part one wins for me. I think it, yeah. it part one was my preferred of the two i almost feel like i wish the two had been filmed together or created originally as a two-part kind of like the 1990 miniseries because i think there's gonna be i don't know a lack of cohesion when both films come out and we're watching part one and part two like i think part oh, like, two if you do, like doing them back to back you mean yeah i don't know if part two is gonna fit with part one as seamlessly as um i would like yeah, no, I, I hear you. Especially, they, they, they use some, some CGI techniques to, to keep the the kids looking the exact same age as they were in the first movie. And, um, you know, whether or not you know that going in, you can see it, and that, that might take you out of the movie a little bit. And Bill Skarsgård is, is very rarely uh, not dripping in, in CG, which is a bummer to a degree. But, I mean, like, the, some, of the, 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 some of the scares are built really well. And, like, overall, it's a perfectly fine movie. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. and there are some really great creatures. It's it's yeah. It's just a, a, a lot. Like, it's a very, very much like an onslaught movie. Like, it's, it's hitting you with punches. And, yeah, you just have to go into it, like, prepared for that, I guess. Yeah, it's a bit of, like, a scare-a-thon. Like the, like it's the definitely a scare-a-thon, yeah. yeah. Which, it was a complaint I had about the first one. And, you know, and for a three-hour movie, I was really surprised that that also happened again this time. But, I will say... Definitely worth seeing in the theater. It's great to see $100 million, $70 million up on the screen on a horror For movie. For horror fans. Yeah, huge. We don't get $70 million very often, guys, so, like, let's enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, let's talk amongst ourselves about our real opinions, but if, if anybody in the, like, the real We loved it. It was great. Asked, I bought oh, four tickets for movie. just myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but seriously, go for Javier Botet. His, his return as the leper, oh, boy. Best scene in the movie. Hmm. Also, too, it is... TIFF right now, Toronto International Film Festival. Yeah, actually, as we're recording, Joaquin Phoenix just won the award for the Joker, like, best actor at the festival. Oh, yeah? Didn't his movie just play? Yeah. Is the festival... The festival's not over! The festival ends on the 15th, but they're like, nope, we've seen it all now, this is it. Height of the festival. It's probably because he's leaving. They're like, wait, we have to give you an award! (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, leaving early is like getting the aisle seat at the Oscars, you know you're getting an award. (laughs) But yeah, we got to catch a few genre films while we were at TIFF. We also got to meet some of our amazing contributors. Which, oh, that's the highlight which of the festival. Which was a total highlight for me. Um, we've had some longstanding contributors and some new contributors on board who were in Toronto this week, and it was a complete blast to get to meet them. Yeah, if you want to take a look at all of the reviews that Danita and Emily and Mary Beth have been putting together, uh, all of their coverage is, is available at nofspodcast.com. 
We'll also be putting reviews up, maybe, sort of, yes? Yeah. Uh, the Vigil and... Saint Maud. Saint Maud. Oh, those are those are two very, very good horror movies yes, that you they guys were, need to keep an eye out for. They were the two I was most excited for at the festival, and we got to see them, and I was not disappointed in either. They are really fun festival finds. Also, one other thing before we get started, uh, as you will have heard at the top of the episode, we will be at Terror Town in Williamsburg, Ohio, the beginning of October. It's a 19th century haunted attraction that's being presented by All Hallows' Eve, LLC. Uh, think of it like in your old, it's a ghost town. It's like a, a wild so- west town. Oh, man. I cannot tell you how excited I am to check this out. It's going to be so cool. Yeah, like, yeah, whatever. We're there. We're, we're hosting a screening of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, we're, a- we're working. <laughs> yeah, like we're, we're there to host a movie, a costume party contest, and a bingo game that we're putting together for Dead Alive. Like, literally, Custard is going to maybe win you a prize. <laughs> yeah, come on. You're, you're free. You're center. Oh, I don't want to give too don't much away. Don't spoil it. No. But this Halloween haunt sounds so crazy good. We've been talking with these guys for a little while. They are uh, they're military veterans that started the business, and they are huge, huge horror fans. And the reason you know that is that all of the props that they are using throughout the entire festival... That are, like, custom-made, one-of-a-kind, will not see them anywhere else. Severed fingers, broken arms... Heads in jars. You can buy them at the gift shop. <laughs> I mean, seriously, though, like, when was the last time you went through a haunted attraction and you were like, you know what? This would be a great living room. But you can't buy it anywhere. You gotta make it yourself, and that's boring. <laughs> and work. <laughs> yeah, the work part is tough. Uh, we are gonna be at Terror Town October 4th, 5th, and 6th, but it has already started, and it's going on until November 3rd. Um, so definitely check it out. It's weekends, 7 p.m. till 2 a.m., and you can grab tickets and find out more info at allhallowseevellc.com. Of course, before we go, I do want to give a big shout out to our most recent patron supporters. Alex, Lewis, Nicole, Rosa, Lux, Taylor. Now, I don't want to be the guy to call you a bunch of losers. But I do see a list of names here of kids that I think would be super tough enough to defeat evil that's been living on our land for centuries. And is now awake. And is now awake. After uh, 27 long years. You gotta band together. You gotta collect your pieces of silver and your bicycle cards. We're going after this dumb turtle clown once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you again so much for your support and for protecting the human race. Uh, that monster would take us all down if it had the chance. And the only thing stopping it from eating my soul is you. And I cannot thank you enough. Thank you to our new patrons and our existing patrons. Nightmare on Film Street is a listener-supported podcast, and we couldn't do it without you guys. If you want to support Nightmare on Film Street, head to patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street, and you could get a weird, awkward shout-out like this or some (laughs) other great rewards like that It Chapter 2 bonus episode that is available now. Oh, my God, Kim. What? We're late for homeroom. Ah! We gotta go. Ah! And we're naked. It's a nightmare. Oh, God. (laughs) And my teeth are falling out for some reason. (laughs) All right, let's get to class. Let's talk about the loved ones. Will you go to the dance with me? I'm going with Holly. Guess who asked me to the dance? Tell me. Who is she? I'll never tell. Pretty as a picture. What are you looking at? Bring the hammer, Daddy. 
This year's queen of the dance is Lola Stone. <laughs> the loved ones from 2009 currently sitting at a 6.7 out of 10 on imdb 98 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes and a 3.4 out of 5 on letterboxd letterboxd seems low yeah it seems like the rotten tomatoes people that rated this are my people <laughs> i think we discovered this first together yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure we watched this together i think we bought it uh, when the like grocery store walmart rolled out the, the oh Horror mo- new horror movies for $5 right before Halloween. And the cover is so dope. It's the pink prom dress, the paper crown from the cracker. And that drill. Just and the like drill. Just right in your face. Yeah, like, you could have told me this movie was 3D and I would have believed it. I don't think we even read the back of the box before we bought it. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, like before we watched it. I had no idea what this movie was about. I'm like, I don't really love that title, but eh, let's check it out. It's so funny because there's so few stories I have of discovering movies that way, especially nowadays. I'm really hoping that the majority of people that discovered The Loved Ones found it in a similar fashion, like wore all of the crazy gifs and um, the trailers and the resurgences and stuff and actually got to see this movie kind of organically because what's so special about this movie is how unique and completely bonkers the characters are. Mm -hmm. And you have to just go on this like adventure with them through the story and you have no idea where it's going to go because these characters are so concretely undeterminable <laughs> yeah if you would watch the trailer and you, you trust knew a bunch that of beats, you don't trust them yes that's that's really it you, you don't know what's going to happen next and like realistically there isn't a lot to the plot like like any sort of captive movie like oh somebody gets kidnapped uh they struggle for a little bit they get out big old fight and then you know somebody climbs the top of that hill like and that's kind of all you get but it's it's the execution of it it's definitely the characters themselves uh and usually you either get a good killer or a good victim here we have we have both of that plus good like ancillary characters like everybody surrounding everybody in this movie our two leads are amazing they're either like super creepy and haunting and like you want to know more about them or it's just like a super awesome like family unit i guess like he's he's got a dark past to him but his mother is is a really interesting and real person and his girlfriend is so great i just i completely forgot until just now his best friend in this movie oh my god oh, so funny it is the greatest because you are dealing with some of the most horrific shit like like the worst day of this guy's life the the worst prom anybody's ever had juxtaposed with the fucking best prom I think you could ask for, right? Yeah. So th- this is like where my big talking point of the movie that I want to talk about with you. Um, because I always forget that this movie is juxtaposed with the best friend going on this prom night date with the goth girl. Yeah. 
I always forget about it because in your head, all you remember is fucking Lola being a fucking nightmare for two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And every single time I see it, I'm like, oh, yeah, all this other stuff. And I completely always forget, too, the stuff at the beginning, like the glimpses we get of Brent with his girlfriend beforehand, like when they're sleeping together in his car and they have that I love you moment uh, where she says I love you and he doesn't. And then we're like, oh, your heart is broken because you murdered your dad in the car. Oh, man. So, (laughs) yeah, like the opening scene of this movie is your standard, oh, traumatic moment. And like this is what made him such a wounded character. It's why he's screaming at the sky now. And that's what's put him in a position where he can be taken advantage of or kidnapped, yada, yada. It's it's like the, the bird with the wounded wing. Like you get that. All the time. All the time. And like every horror movie you've ever seen has some character who's just oh, down in the dumps because something beyond his control and he's, he's taking it so personally. But it's done really well in I this movie. I really like the... So the mom character has such a small role in the film. She only gets a few minutes of screen time. Yeah. Every time you see her, she just is a rock at the bottom of the sea. Yeah. Like she good. adds... She's holding her son down, basically, with this guilt she has over him. Yeah. But she's also just like, oh. So if, if you haven't seen the movie So before, much grief. In that in that opening sequence, Brent it, Brent is driving down the road with his dad. Uh, obviously, he's a high schooler, so he probably only has his learner's permit, maybe. Uh, and while they're talking, just like having dad and son talk, um, he swerves to avoid a guy who's in the middle of the road out of nowhere. And when he hits a tree... Uh, unfortunately, the car is totaled and dad has passed away. In fact, I think we're cutting six months. Yeah, ahead. yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously he's he's taken very personally. He's gone from being just like a regular high schooler to like a real goth kid. Uh, he's cutting himself now. It's rough. So cool. Ah! <laughs> so deep. <laughs> well, My anyway. emotions are real. <laughs> Okay, I mean, like, I don't, I don't necessarily mean to laugh at this stuff, but like, having gone through high school with those guys, like, they're they're laughable for the most part. But like, I understand he's he's got some trauma, he's got some things he's got to work through. Cool. His mom, on the other hand, like you're saying, is 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 definitely holding him down with her own guilt. I guess she she can't help but blame her son. Yeah, and I don't think she's doing that outwardly, but she's definitely a walking blob of grief. Yeah, yeah, she's uh. <laughs> She's she's a really interesting character because it's not like she's uh, looking down on her son. She's not mean to him at any point. She's very caring. She loves her son and, and you know, she doesn't want to see him like this. But she still can't get it out of her head that, like, well, technically, if we're really going to talk about <laughs> it, you were driving and your dad is dead <laughs> because of what you did. Well, she's obviously harbored some anxieties because we learned that... Uh, The school dance is coming up and the girlfriend has just got her full license. So she's going to be picking him up because I'm assuming he doesn't have his license anymore or he can't drive anymore. He just doesn't drive, I think. Exactly. And mom is really skittish about him being in cars. I forgot about that. She offers to give him money for a cab to take to the the gym because at least it'll be a professional somebody who's trained. Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) cab drivers have never struck me as professional drivers. Ever. I don't care what country you're from. I don't care how much they get paid. They're not necessarily professional drivers. You're not going to, you can't just show up in a town and be like, I need a bunch of stunt drivers for a movie I'm filming. Call the cab company. (laughs) Although that's a good idea. It's actually not a bad idea. At the very least, you could hire them um, for for all your additional drivers. They know the streets, right? Yeah. You like get some pizzas and stuff. (laughs) 
<laughs> the cab driver diet. Like all four food groups can be found on the pizza menu. No, I meant if you need somebody to pick up your pizzas, they oh. would be the most efficient at it. Oh yeah, that's true. Because they'd be like, 30 minutes or less, I got you. Man, why isn't there like a, a side industry where cab drivers can also be pizza delivery guys? Uber. When, when, Uber Eats. I guess that's it. <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> that's the transition we made. Um. So before the prom, Brent is being his teenager self and he's getting at some aggression. Yeah. And he's mountain climbing. Oh, I'm climbing that mountain. This dog is so good at climbing, it's by the way. such a good dog. The greatest dog. Mm. Let's not talk about it. Okay. Poor dog. I'm sidetracked. Climbing a mountain. Yeah. Um, Smoking some weed. Being emo. Maybe going to fall off that but mountain. But just appreciating that moment where nothing matters. See, here's... Uh, I, 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 You know, when I say it out loud, if you haven't seen the movie, it just sounds beat for beat like something you've already seen. But it's done so well. It is done so well. Where he's he's climbing the mountain and there's a moment, like, obviously, he's it, he's not climbing a mountain so much as no, he's climbing, like, a rock face. It's like a yeah. cliff face. He's, yeah. yeah, he's gone cliff hanging. Diving. Diving. No? no. Climbing? Climbing? Rock climbing? Rock climbing. Okay. He's gone. <laughs> rock climbing. And, uh, and you know, like at, at some moment he's he's up high enough where like, oh, if he slipped, he could die. And he, he sort of flirts with that idea for a half a flirts second. Flirts with it as a good, yeah. yeah. And then, he but, embraces the moment. Yeah, and he's he's almost ready to let go. And then his he loses his grip, his, he, his, his foot slips, and he catches himself and he realizes how scared he is that he almost fell. And that sort of washes away the idea that he actually wants to die. It's genius for your character. I love it. It's a small moment. It's so simple and quiet. It tells me everything I need to know about this guy. Well, and this this uh, rock climbing incident, it buries so many important details about our character is that um, he's kind of at the end of his rope in terms of like, his will to live, but he has a fight still in yes, him. Yes, and he can climb. And I mean, he can uh, climb, yeah, yes, which yes, might come in maybe. handy later. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. There, there, there's so much up against him. There's so much that is is weighing him down, but he's still willing to climb that insurmountable mountain. Or, Out of the hole. Or, rock or the rock face. Or rock face. Or the rock face. Or the yeah. rock face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but unfortunately, he gets whapped over the head by somebody with a tool belt on. <laughs> And he wakes up in the clutches of the best modern villain of all fucking time. Oh, man. Lola! Why have we not... Like, I, I don't understand how we haven't done a deep dive on everything else this girl has been in. Can, yeah. Right? It's just occurring to me right now that I haven't looked her up on Wikipedia or IMDb and just sought out every movie Maybe she's Maybe she's in. just cruising on that Lola high and she's just doing conventions like playing Lola for the rest of her life. She could do it. She could do it. The the best thing about Lola, mm-hmm. and it's not even that. Okay, so everything is great about Lola. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. what I love most is how believably youthful she is. I have no idea how they found this actress. Yeah, she looks and acts and could so, be sixteen. When you see her in the high school scene, so before um, Brent gets kidnapped. He turns down Lola for the dance because he, he's already got a girlfriend. Yeah, well, which it makes sense. He and he's not too cruel about it. Um, she just asks him if he wants to go to the dance, and he says, "Sorry, I'm going with Lisa or whatever his girlfriend." And it's just a really quiet, sad moment. But Lola fits in beside those lockers as much as she fits in in that psycho outfit. Hell yeah! Oh man, that's a good description. Which I like is that a lot. so rare that you find a killer that particularly with horror films it's rare that you see high school students actually look and feel and embody high school yeah 
it's too true. Like everything you're saying is is genius about her. Uh, and on top of that, she's also the fucking like most evil person in the world. So goddamn evil. And it's nuts. It's like she has the like that that Sherry Moon zombie quality where like she can be like this baby, but also be a psycho. Like maybe Sherry Moon is a bad example. No, that is a good. That's... She's like a caricature of a, of a child, though. This girl is actually a child and has. And what's interesting is when she gets turned down, you feel for her, too. Like you're just like, oh, damn, this girl just got her heart broken. And like you think that you when you feel for her. <laughs> I went into this movie without reading anything in the back. Okay. I didn't even know. I don't even know if I recognized her as the. Girl oh, you mean on when she cover. gets turned? So at the beginning, when she gets just turned at the very down. I thought you were talking yeah, about yeah. like when she gets turned down after like the lie and the salt and stuff. No, 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 no. <laughs> she she deserves everything that's coming to her. But but um, you would expect. You got to give it to her for perseverance, though. We'll get to it, but. <laughs> She doesn't quit. She does. She does not quit. But when uh, when he wakes up in that in that house uh, and they have kidnapped him and he is he is dressed up for prom and she's got her dress like you expect this to be because he turned her down. You expect it to be that she's like jilted and she just wanted him for herself. It is so much more than that. Oh no! This is like a a notch on a log. Like there yeah. there are a few. How many and, do you think it's been? Ooh, so. This is the best thing about this movie is it doesn't definitively answer it, but we do get a point, uh, get to a point in the film where Lola is showing Brent a scrapbook of like her previous boyfriends. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She, oh, no, no. She, she refers to them as toads. She's looking for her Prince Charming, but mm-hmm. they all turned out to be toads. But the first image, she's with a little boy and she's in like a dress and and you you can kind of see in the background that boy is definitely tied to a chair. They're like eight. Yeah, they've been doing this for a long well, time. And in the relationship between dad and Bright Eyes, I'm we find out definitively later that Bright Eyes is actually Lola's mom. Is she though? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, you know what? That's a really good point because she does only. So there is a older woman uh, at the table who is who is got a big hole in her forehead. Catatonic. Catatonic. Mostly. Lobotomized. Even they call her bright eyes. Um, and you would assume maybe mom or just like one of one of dad's kidnapped girls. But you're right. Once once dad's out of the picture, spoiler alert, uh, she does finally refer to her as mom. Mm-hmm. Like once dad's not around, she stops calling her bright eyes and calls her mom. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. I thought maybe that was she was just throwing that word around, but I think I think it was very calculated in its use. So I I assume like my theory on how this is all kind of going down for these characters that is that hey, this is me. Dad's thing. Mm. This is something that Dad has been doing. Okay, and then he found his woman. They had a child. They had Lola. Yeah, and now he just puts it all into Lola. So, like, Bright Eyes is one of 50 or so exactly. women. Okay. And now he's and now he's doing it with his daughter. Yeah, because you put yourself aside once you have kids, and you, it's all about them Or now. you train your kids to get into the family business. Well, one of the two. I mean, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, you put it aside for the kids. Just too. how much Dad is involved, and especially those scenes, too, where Dad is showing her how to use the drill and... And she's kind of nervous you, about it. This There's, is this has got to be like the first time she's done some of the hands-on-y stuff, right? Yeah. 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 She seems really into it, so. Yeah, I, I think it's also the first time that she's going to try and lobotomize somebody. On her own, yeah. On her, on her, well, I don't know if they, she tried to. Did any of the, okay, spoiler alert. Holy shit, guys. Like, third act of the <laughs> it's movie. It's so hard to not, like, just get into oh, it. Oh, man. Like, I really, now's your chance. 
turn off the podcast if you haven't seen this movie. Like, we haven't even revealed everything about this movie. But if you have seen it and you're and you're here to talk about those finer details, oh man, <laughs> when they open up the fucking gates in the floor and there's just like a bunch of dudes in a bunker below like them? Like Neanderthal dudes. Fuck. Did any of them have holes in their forehead? I think they I were all lobotomized because they were all just eating critters and shit. Yeah, but I think if you're just down there for years... Maybe, I don't know, if you're down there for months, you're down there for years, and the only food supply you're getting is other people, I think eventually maybe you just And roadkill. And roadkill. There's the occasional roadkill. I forgot about that. I don't know. If they were lobotomized, I don't think they'd be running around all feral and stuff. I think they were just, like, starved and beyond human. Like, they've been down there for so, so long. I don't know, though, because the reason why they decide to lobotomize him is after he makes his escape attempts and wrecks the car and whatever. Remember, she decides that he is a toad and he's not Prince Charming? Yeah, because <laughs> the only... the <laughs> So she's been searching for Prince Charming, and the reason she's never found him is because it's you, Daddy. You're my Prince Charming. Do you... So my quick my question here, and I'm gonna backtrack a little bit to get to the where we where I've just brought us, is that when he brings her the dress at the beginning, uh, when we finally wake up and we're inside their house, and he has he's essentially giving her her prom dress and her prom outfit, mm-hmm. and you can tell this is not the first time he's given her a new dress. Yeah, but like this is, is a ritual. It's a ritual. It's a routine. It's it's everything that that they need to do for her to have her murder party. Um, do you think every time they have that conversation, like every time she finds out that one of the boys is just a toad, do you think she tells her dad that it's his Prince Charming? Or do you think this is the first time? I don't know. And that's how he's able to, that's how like Brent is able to get like a leg up and try and escape. I have no idea because yeah, the, the daddy daughter sexual tension. Oh, it's fucked. Is it sexual tension? I think it's It's, it's sexual tension. No, I think it might be romantic tension. Okay. Which is. All right. Because there is a. Romantic tension is what we call sexual tension when you are uh, a child, though. Or are you, or there's, uh, what am I trying to get Yeah, but here? I think it's, it's sexual tension. I think it's, I think it's like, is it just a tension? Because Lola's very jealous of Bright Eyes. Fuck yeah. And Dad gets, like, really uncomfortable when Lola's like, one's and twos, and she has, what's his, what's his name, has to go to the bath, Brent has to go to the bathroom, yeah. and she's just like, gonna you're gonna your do it in this pants, cup of yeah. milk. Ugh. Yeah. That is the scariest part of the movie. Just because she's such a psycho. Oh, yeah, because also if... Oh, and if, Dad's going to oh, nail it to the ex- chair. Yeah, I guess you didn't have to go. So you better go before I count to ten or we're nailing it to the chair, yeah. Oh, she is so unhinged. What a great actress. Like, holy shit. She scares me, and I've and I've seen the movie before. Uh, I've seen a lot of horror movies, obviously. And uh, she is psychotic. I love... What is her fucking song? How could we forget? We heard it a thousand times. Oh my god. It's such a good like, like will you love me and I'm broken or something. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. She listens to her at the beginning of the movie. They do this like dance. But th- at this point, they have nailed his feet to the floor. Yeah. And so with he- knives. Not even oh. nails. With knives. He can't even move. And she's just like rocking him. And dad is standing on top of a chair just dropping glitter on them. And the oh, glitter yeah. is just landing in this caked up gore because she's carved her name in his chest. His head's cracked. Oh, it's... Carved her name into his chest like he was a tree. Like it's the heart, it's the it's it's, it's B plus B plus L, you know, hearts forever, whatever. And she did it with a fucking fork. 
And then they threw salt in it just for the shits and Oh, uh, why? Why? <laughs> oh, man. But, okay, so let's let's talk about the prom bit because yeah, let's t- I want to hear your theories on the prom bit. So Theories, okay. Best friend takes the goth girl yeah. who barely says a word this whole fucking movie. And she just goes into, like, rage mode and is drinking and smoking and um, she's all over him. And it's, it's not necessarily, like, sexual when she does it. It's almost just, like, she is compelled to do it. Like, it's something that she should be doing. So that's, or, okay, I'm glad you said that. It's like an that. escape kind of thing. Like, yeah. she's just trying to, like, drown herself in uh, teenage noise. Yeah, it's, 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 it, I think a lot of it uh, with, with goth kids, uh, it's basically just subverting expectations. Like, oh, you want me to do these things. Well, fine, I'll fucking do them. Like, I think that's part of it. Like, oh, sure, I'll go to prom. Uh, I'll dance at your fucking thing. I'll take photos with you. But, like, I'm doing it my way. I, I don't give a shit about it. And I'll do everything I can to sort of burn it down from the inside. Mm. It's, that's just kind of like being a teenager in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Just like, yeah, I guess I'll go along with your song and dance, but you better better believe I'm going to do it the way I feel like because it's not the way you want me to do it. I have to admit, though, that this movie does a really great job of getting that teenager aspect nailed down, particularly with her, but also with Brent and the girlfriend and the best friend. Like, they are all different versions of teenagers, but, like, I don't know if you remember being a teenager. Hopefully you guys do. Uh, <laughs> Because it's this weird point in your life where you're like barely a human being and you have no proper reasoning skills and uh, risk assessment and like your brain is just fucking filled with hormones. Yeah. It's like exploding all these cells and synapses at like peak speed. And then they're just like, so what do you want to do with your entire future? You're like, fuck off right now, bud. And uh, like... We were just talking about it the other day about how, like, stupid we were in... We live in Canada. Winter gets to, like, negative 30, negative 40 here. And I I think at that point, Celsius and Fahrenheit are basically the same. (laughs) Um, So negative 30 and negative 40. And I remember walking to school without a fucking winter coat and being fine. I don't think that's a stupid decision. I think you're just... Your body is growing so fast that it's it's generating a lot of heat you know, like you are burning protein and carbs like faster than you ever will the rest of your life so like that's that's creating heat and that's what's keeping you warm <laughs> but now when it's like 10 degrees i'm wearing more layers than when i was oh, in the yeah. middle of fucking winter oh yeah and it's just weird decisions like and i would stand outside because my boyfriend smoked and it wasn't me i, I, I also smoked but <laughs> <laughs> i'd stand outside before school for like an hour without a coat on like it just yeah silly stupid decisions and it, they weren't even decisions they it was just being a teenager is fucked and i think they do yeah. a really great job of nailing that weird um i keep calling it emo-ness but what is it okay well, no 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 you're you're not wrong in saying like teenage angst emo stuff like that that's that's all in there like that's all exactly what it is i think you see it a lot with brent and definitely with the goth character yeah like they are sort of almost two sides of the same coin. And it's it's really just a, um, um, oh, you think I'm this kind of person. Like, I'm really not. Just because I dress this way and because I don't want to do the things you want to do doesn't mean I am this specific evil person you've built in your head. But if that's what you think I am and that's what you're expecting me to do, then I guess I could just go ahead and do those things and it wouldn't surprise you. Yeah. Like, I I think that's why she ends up drinking so much and, like, why he is maybe flirting with death a bunch because uh, everybody expects him and or her to, to act that way. And they kind of 
are leaning into it. They, or... they lean into it in in a retaliation almost. Yeah, I. But I'm also saying in that it's such a cr- contrived thing that I almost think that's a really great depiction because it is contrived. Because, yes. um, my argument is basically that teenagers have twelve year olds have better decision making than teenagers. Basically, your your decision making is high up to like twelve. 13, it drops down and it doesn't come back up until like 19. Yeah, yeah. You're just a fucking wild card until then. It's true. We should stop calling it the teenage years and just call it the Wild West. <laughs> it is the Wild West. Yeah. Fuck, her dad is nuts in this movie. I can't get over how crazy he is. He's just so perfect because it, it it's so weird to me that he is almost the mastermind of this scenario because you're right. Like, this is definitely probably something he did. When he was younger, because mm-hmm. otherwise, why would he teach his eight-year-old daughter to do it? Yeah. Unless she was just like, I want to kill kids, daddy. And he was like, okay, I'm basically just a walking Renfield. I could be your slave. Because <laughs> he is he's so strange in that he is... Very really, quiet. He is halfway between Lola's psychopathy and, like, bright eyes... Um, Catatonicisms. Catatonicisms, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, He. It's it's weird that he is sort of in between the two of them, because he is... Uh, he is very vicious and evil, but he is also like her slave and dominant to her yeah. in a way. Um, man, they're they're a real interesting pair, really interesting. But he fucking gets it. Like, oh, Brent finally takes that knife that's pinning them to the floor and just stabs him in the neck like eighteen times. So worth it. So worth it. And he kicks him down into that fucking tunnel. Like, this is Sparta, bitch. Yeah, the thing is, is that the plot of this movie isn't even what's great about it. Like, okay, no, it's all the eventually, like, he breaks out, um, and, like, it's more successful than the first time he doesn't end up up the apple tree. Yeah. Um, he's running down the road, or what, or where is he? What, what, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's running down the road. He, he steals the, he gets the cop car because a cop comes, and you're like... Okay, so this is why I want to talk about the prom. We got distracted. Sorry. Because we learn... That the goth girl's dad is right. the police officer. That's true. This is who mom has been consulting about her son being missing. They yeah. find his iPod. They find the dog being st- has been stabbed. The dog dies. It's very tragic. We're yeah. all really upset. After prom, the goth girl like basically storms into her room. And it's one of the only lines she says in the movie where she's like, why can't you find him? Mm-hmm. And it never really meant anything to me before now, but now I'm thinking like, oh fuck, was her brother, did she have a brother? I definitely think so. And was he one of the previous missing kids? I I definitely, definitely think so. And Um, maybe the reason why dad is so cold about finding um, Brent because he's never found his son? mm. Well, I think that's, I think it's why he goes out. Yeah. I think if just some woman called and said my son's missing and here's his iPod and this and that. He wouldn't go out because yeah, the he dog have... was stabbed. So the like... dog was stabbed. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm basing this off movies. I think regular police work, he'd probably be like, well, you know, we need you gotta to wait 24 hours. We gotta file some paperwork and we'll get some people going. We'll knock on some doors. But because his own son has been missing and gone forever, basically, he, he knows like mm, time is of the essence and I should really go looking around. Yeah. Especially... And see, I don't know. Like all we have to go off is that what that goth girl says is like, well, they do you... linger on like a photograph of her brother and we've never seen him throughout the rest of the movie yeah. it sort of justifies how chaotic and reckless she is yeah throughout the rest of and the movie and why she's just so um filled with like rage yeah and she's she's really acting the same way brent is like they they are they are both victims of loss mm-hmm. uh and they are sort of 
blowing up at the world in the in the same sort of way like yeah. they're still doing all the teenager things they need to do but there is there's a darkness that is just like churning inside them but it, it, that's a great depiction of like what it is like to be a teenager and having to deal with those very grown-up very grown-up issues of life <laughs> yeah i think it's it's super important that we only get that detail after seeing so much of her yeah because and I, you're just like what the fuck is up with this yeah. girl it's like but you never took the time to ask maybe like and yeah. the, the guy who's with her not that he has to because he's super interested in her the way she is he he definitely doesn't know that about her i would assume uh because based on how fumbly and stupid he is he probably would have brought it up like oh hey sorry about your brother but uh, i think he's just flabbergasted that she said yes because she's so cool yeah and he's just like yeah we can do this okay we're gonna okay we're gonna do yeah. this now like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too funny he's great but I, I think the only reason dad goes out is is yeah like one he recognizes that this is maybe similar to his son's disappearance but also it's slightly selfish in that maybe he can finally find his son mm. whether or not it's just to bring his body home to bury right um so i think that's the decision that gets him to go um and also like the beginning of the movie yeah like we have a kid who doesn't want to say i love you to his girlfriend like how many times have you seen that before and it just like oh puts some tension on their relationship but because he doesn't say that and because he feels bad he in a, in a sort of an apology way lets her know that Lola is the girl that asked him to the prom because he was teasing her about it. Like, oh, somebody else asked me the prom, but I can't tell you. Oh, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you. And and he finally does tell her almost as an apology for, for not saying I love you, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because that is like a clue that helps his girlfriend piece together where he might be and deliver that info to the cop who has his own motivation for going to find this kid. Like, it all works together so well. Yeah, I think it's also really great to that um, Lola and the girlfriend get a bit of a showdown. Yes. Because, so after Brent kills Lola's dad, um, instead of just going right after Brent, Lola... Uh, Lola basically leaves Brent in the boy hole. <laughs> the boy hole! And <laughs> is, is decides that she wants to hurt him just as bad, so she's going to go after his mom and his girlfriend. Yeah, she says, I'm going to stab your mom in the neck like you stabbed my dad, and I'm going to stab your girlfriend in the heart like you did to me. Like, fuck, yes! Oh, Lola, and you're the best! <laughs> she's so fucking crazy. And so in her fucking creepy, crazy way, she's just walking down this deserted Australian just road. Just singing that fucking song Singing that fucking song! <laughs> Um, but luckily the girlfriend's on her way, so like she doesn't have to walk that far for that showdown. No, she doesn't. No, no, she just throws she throws the scrapbook at the the windshield, which gets which gets her attention. She stops the car, and then just like the 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 scariest, knife fight, <laughs> scariest knife fight, knife fight. <laughs> oh man, knife fights really get my going. Oh. I can't. My anxiety's right up with a knife fight. I can't. You can't. How do you fight in a knife fight without a knife? You do not fight. Oh man, she does a great job. Fight for the right to party. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so she runs away and like, and at this point Brent has finally escaped because of his rock climbing skills piles up some dead bodies and some bones uh, it's sad though because he had to kill a bunch of the uh, yeah. lobotomized boys they definitely didn't deserve it yeah but they were gonna eat them they were gonna eat them I think they are just scared of them right and like, they wanted to eat them and they, they wanted to eat them yeah but so the end of this movie is probably the greatest most rewarding audience pleasing ending of all time yes because not only does Lola get hit with a car but she keeps fucking moving she her arm is shattered the bone is sticking out she's using the knife to help pull her body as she like 
crawls across the road. She's not quitting. Oh, she's not stopping. And, and on top of that, too, we have Brent, a kid who does not drive because the last time he was behind the wheel, he killed his dad at the, like the same stretch of road where he had to swerve to avoid a kid who is definitely one of the kids that was kidnapped by Lola. Mm-hmm. We know that the one that got away, the one who nobody believes uh, about all of his crazy tales about this, this, this weird couple uh, torturing people. I don't he- think they found him. There were newspaper clippings saying that people didn't believe his stories and that he was crazy. It's like a quick little throwaway thing during the scrapbook stuff. Uh, But he has to swerve out of the way to avoid his girlfriend. Um... Uh, and so like it's like he, he finds redemption is what I'm getting at like he he essentially mirrors his own actions from the beginning which which caused his dad's death but in this way he saves uh, his girlfriend's life and he just murders. he's got a hole in his skull at this point so I mean we should be giving him a lot oh of man time. right oh fuck they definitely touched his brain with that drill bit oh and they, like, you, like you see like the the, smoker the smoke coming up like from the, the smell of his fucking yeah, skull with like oh. the powdery like skull bits you know that like it when looks you, so good when you go through like um, when you when you drill through somebody's head yeah yeah you and know that you get, like trick. the dusty stuff yeah <laughs> you gonna say drywall Is that what yeah you're gonna i was say? gonna say drywall. <laughs> drywall okay like the drywall dust of your brain <laughs> <laughs> damn how do you fix that you gotta you just gotta get a cold tattoo right put a cork in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy i mean i bet he got like a leniency on his exams so Oh, definitely. I'm sorry, I can't take this exam. I'm missing the part of my brain that remembers all of the correct answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've got all the wrong ones. Don't worry. <laughs> Anybody want some wrong answers? I can, I can dish them out all day. <laughs> Lola has been the driving force of all horrible things that have happened in his life. Yeah. Right? Right? He, that car accident would have never happened if, one, if they didn't kidnap that, guy, that other kid and if he didn't get away. And also uh, every horrible thing here that happened to him at prom. Yeah, but I mean, him and his girlfriend are definitely going to get married now. Like, you can't go through a situation like that and not be, like, so utterly and yeah. totally in love. I mean, Dude a bunch saved of my life to... and I watched his dog die. Oh, yeah. She it... was so sweet. She was the best. She loved him so much and she knew that he couldn't give, like, it, was, it wasn't it was unrequited, but it was just, like, he wasn't, he couldn't be as intimate with her as she could be with him. Yeah, and, well, and just the fact that she sat with his mom and stuff yep. and, like, yep. Was there, like, she completely missed the, I mean, her boyfriend was missing, but she missed the dance, and, and she was there with trying to get the police to come. And, he gave and then a, when she goes uh, yeah, into his yes, room, yes, oh my yes. god. There's that sad sacky card there. Like, oh, oh, it's like, I choo-choo-choose you. Oh, it was even better than that. It was, <laughs> it was, thank you for doing what all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't oh, do. Oh, yeah, it was a Humpty Dumpty card. And then, card. like, yeah, and then, I love you, right oh. at the bottom of it. It's just, that is a high school card right there. Oh. Damn. But you know what is I'm really glad too that this movie kind of encapsulated itself. We saw Lola's end, her final act was also her first time out on her own two legs kind of thing. Oh shit. Because um I mean if they wanted to prequel this they'd have to go through dad's story, right? I suppose that's true. Um with like a younger Lola, which you know I I probably still see it. Um yeah, but definitely. this movie is so perfect because of how little information is doled out about these very interesting um serial killers. That's they're serial killers. Oh yeah. I mean, fucking being lobotomized with a drill Hot bit water. is That's a, how they're doing it too. They're just yeah, boiling your brains. Is a fate worse than fucking death. Oh, so man. um I'm gonna call them murderers, even if some of them I don't think it's up for debate yeah. <laughs> uh, they are two very interesting characters and I don't think we've seen anything that insanely creative 
villain wise in like a really long time. It's a great debut. I'm pretty sure that I'm almost positive this is his first movie. It's a great debut uh, because it is it like, like like we've said a thousand times. It's relatively formulaic. It has the beats of your regular movie, but it it completely uh, adapts them um, in a wholly unique way that you've never seen. I fucking love this movie, uh, which is why I think we should switch over to ratings. I think it's four pretty four. obvious we're both giving it four out of four. Four out of four. <laughs> Man, I four love this movie. out of four. Four out of four Eberts. Yeah. If you also haven't checked out Sean Burns Devil's Candy, which is on Netflix, it is another like kick-ass rock and roll horror film. Oh yeah. Um I wonder what he's doing now. I wonder what he's working on. That's a good question. I mean, Devil's Candy was like circling around the film festival circuit for a long time, so he's likely already got something else on the go or done. I will see every single movie that man makes. Oh yeah. Great soundtracks. Every single one of these movies has an incredible soundtrack. So stylish. This movie is like the loved ones. It's just like glam pop. Oh, uh, he's so good at making like a visual element. Like I- I'm sure he starts with a cover. He's gotta start with like that cover visual, like that um that poster to get you in because the the pink taffeta prom dress with the the drill and the glitter Just and like the grossest uh, most rundown like hunting lodge type house too right so fucking cool yeah total four out of four enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at bet mgm sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with bet mgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with bet mgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
Moving on, let's talk about an entirely different devil in an entirely different dress. Uh, let's talk about Jennifer's body. You and me are going out tonight. Wear something cute, okay? You always do what Jennifer tells you to do. It's just that I like the same things that she likes. Hey, Jennifer. You look really pretty. Why don't you just come by my place? That was random. This isn't really your house, is it? We can play mommy and daddy. No way. We always share your bed when we have slumber parties. Jennifer's evil. I know. No, I mean, she's actually evil. Not high school evil. You're killing people. No. I will finish you if I have to, okay? You can barely finish gym class. So Jennifer's Body from 2009, currently sitting at a 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 44% on Rotten Tomatoes, 47% Metacritic rating, and a 2.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Which one of those ratings surprises you the most? Um, I'm surprised that Rotten Tomatoes is only 44. Mm, I think, yeah, but, okay, I, I, I can understand that. But, for me, this movie has kind of gotten cult status yeah. to a degree, so I would expect that Letterboxd rating to be higher. I... Yeah, I definitely think people like this movie more now yeah. than initially because I remember it not being very enjoyed initially. Yeah, and now I, I think people either forget about it or the only people that are really bringing it up are the people that love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I watched this movie first without you. I think I just watched it. Sure. And I didn't really like it. Initially, I wasn't really into this movie. And the problem was, I think, because I did have really high expectations the premise is amazing. So fucking cool. On paper, this should be my favorite movie. Yeah. Also, um, we were kind of in like uh, Diablo Cody Town at that point because like, I think we both- I think everyone was in Diablo yeah, Cody Town. Everybody liked Juno. Everybody read her book about being a stripper. We all did. It was a great book. <laughs> uh, and then this came out and it was just, I don't know. Like it wasn't exactly what we were either expecting or wanted. Like it was just a weird shift. I think it was just too many witticisms. And it was just like we drowned on Diablo Cody witticisms. The dialogue. Yeah. And I think Alan we, Page can deliver it all, though. Yeah. Is the thing. I think we just like enough is enough. All these characters can't be this fucking sarcastically smart. Mm. And every single character was just like dropping cool bombs. <laughs> and yeah, I just don't think we could handle it. But I mean, like, I can understand. Like, you're writing this. You're writing the world you want the world to be. Like, you want teenagers. You, you know what's interesting, though, is that you present teenagers as being very smart and very witty. And although they are not, every teenager thinks they are very smart and very witty. So it's almost like you take the, the feeling of being a teenager and make it reality. <laughs> and that's kind of that's kind of interesting and that's kind of cool. I can get behind that. Because teenagers think they're the fucking smartest people in the world. And you know what? When I was one, I was. I was the smartest person in the world when <laughs> oh, I was a man. teenager. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a valid point. I agree with you. But you're right. I think uh, a, a little bit of Diablo Cody dialogue goes a long way. 
Uh, and that's the last I'm going to say on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a few lines that just like get me like in cringe mode. Yeah, and but there are a few fucking lines in this movie that uh, are just rock and roll, right? Yeah. No, there's some, and there's some stuff that's just totally nailed. I think we just need half the amount of like great lines not even great lines, half the amount of witticisms that are in this movie. Yeah. Um, Specifically in any of the fight sequences. I would assume we've all seen the movie. If you're unfamiliar with it, uh, Megan Fox is Jennifer. Just like ultra pretty, popular mean girl. And Needy is the quieter, brainier, nerdier friend who they've been friends since like something, something witty sandbox line. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yep, yep. <laughs> and somehow they still may- manage to be best friends up through high school, even though they both run in two completely different uh, social status circles. Yeah, there's a there's a tragic accident one night at a bar where they're going to see a band perform, uh, and you know uh, Needy thinks that that Jennifer is is in in big trouble, and then when Jennifer appears, it's like, oh my God, you're possessed by a demon, basically. That's your movie right there, boom. And Jennifer starts eating people. Oh man, so great. <laughs> Um, I'm sure you're familiar with it. If you're not, you're caught up. But I <laughs> you're think up to speed. I, I, and I, I, I'm bringing all that in because I just I gotta jump way ahead. I think this movie is like perfect, and then it loses me in the third act. I think that's the problem. The ending of this movie, it's so hard to land. There's so much going on in this movie. Yeah. Okay. So I, I will agree with you. Finale is a little fit. Uh, for me, it's the opening. I hate the really? opening. What about the opening do you not like? The entire bit with Needy being in the mental hospital, I hate it. Oh, well, okay. I hate yeah. the over I consider that part of the third I... act. <laughs> I think we're just peering a few pages ahead. All right, well, I hate act. peering behind the curtain at the opening of the movie. Yeah. But the, the setup is so great. They're in a town called Devil's Kettle that has this waterfall to nowhere. Yes. We start with a bunch of, like, Guys in hazmat suits, some scientists, like, dropping some red balls down this random uh, whirlpool with a hole in the bottom. And it's basically like a flushing toilet to nowhere. It's so great. And it's it's such a small little... It just seems like a quirky thing that you'd see in, like, a small town movie. Uh, but it comes back into play. And, like, it comes back into play by what the time you've forgotten about it. What a great fucking spot to hide a murder weapon. That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man, there are so many good ideas in this movie. Uh, so this, they go to see this band. This band is coming to town. Can we just talk about like all the reveals in the movie right now? Totally. Oh, good. Yes. Thank totally. God. So this band comes and they're assholes. And then the, the bar catches on fire and the band notices. The band sees that the bar is catching on fire and they are fine with it uh and then you know like they 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 take a girl with them they take jennifer with them uh and then they go off and they sacrifice her to satan so they can be like the new hip band uh do you so how do you feel about the scene where they're sacrificing jennifer it's the greatest scene of 2009 (laughs) why that scene in particular was not nominated for every award i don't understand it's pretty great the the band banter is really good where they where they're talking about like the oh nice knife man he's like it's a bowie knife and then it's like, like oh like, yeah bowie, bowie. Right. <laughs> yeah it's just it's dumb band stuff and then they're they're getting into it like they're doing the incantations and he's about to stab her and he's like wait a minute your name's jennifer right and then they start singing uh eight six seven five three oh nine my favorite song the best song ever recorded because they got jenny's number now that she's tied up over a devil's kettle falls uh and then they just stab the shit out of her man it's a good movie it's a really good movie yeah it's a really good plot it's a really great premise (laughs) oh man so 
I remember seeing this movie for the first time, and I, I guess you had been like, yeah, it's all right, it's okay, whatever. So I went into it with, like, relatively low expectations, and for so much of the movie, I thought, oh, yeah, this is okay, it's all right, it's a little weird and quirky, and then that scene came, like, you mean to fucking tell me Satan has something to do with this? I don't know why I just didn't assume that that was the case. Um, but knowing that, that that all of this happened so they could sacrifice her to the devil just, like, redeems everything about this movie for me. <laughs> Uh, and and having watched it more since that viewing, um, I do like a lot of the stuff that used to bug me. I used to think it was needlessly funny, and now it's it like like specifically with the teacher. I've completely lost his name, but he's the dad in Juno. He's in Oz. He's the he's in fucking Spider Man. He's in everything. Mm-hmm. He's in all of Damien Chazelle's stuff. And uh, yeah, like just the, the reveal. He comes in. And he's got a he's he's got a Minnesota accent. Like that's funny. First off, I don't know why it's always funny. Maybe it's because I'm Canadian and it sounds just like Canada. And then <laughs> and then he's got a hook for a hand and and oh, he's, the reveal on that's great. The reveal on the hook is awesome. There's there's a bunch of reveals in that whole scene, like the accent, the hook. But there's also like he talks about I know pain and like at that point you start to see because the camera's slowly revolving around him that he's got this gigantic scar on his neck. Oh really? I think he tried to commit suicide at one point. Oh wow. Or maybe he was just in an accident that also took his hand. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great character though and he he embodies basically like this small town that's grieving is like a big theme throughout the movie yeah and because the band low shoulder after they sacrifice jennifer to the devil they get instant success yeah. and yeah. they record a single through the trees of the song that they were singing as the uh barber down and it's now their like charity single it's so and great. they're uh, they're donating three percent of the proceeds to help the victims of devil's kettle and so like everybody loves this fucking song yep and uh Jennifer's eating people. Needy's the only one that knows. It's driving her crazy. Of course. And it's such a cool move. Like these shitheads are the face of the of the the solution for the problem that they created. I love everything about it. I love how cynical it is. I love how uh how how biting that idea is that the that the music industry is just so fucking evil and shit. I I really wish there was a scene where we got to see how they wanted to present the devil in the movie. I'm also cool with not seeing him. I think that's fine as well. There's no devil in this movie. No devil, but they had to have had a conversation with him. It wasn't just, oh, we got some books from the library. Um, They had like a printout, though. They off the internet. (laughs) (laughs) But they did also have some books on witchcraft in the van, which Needy was also able to find in the library. Ho-ho! In the occult section? The occult section. Sorry, I was yawning. (laughs) (laughs) But they, uh, they they had to have known that the bar was going to catch on fire. And like that is very crucial to the whole story and image of the band. Yeah. And the fact that they saw it happen, it's not like they wished it to happen. Maybe they did. I don't know. But it, it seems like they very specifically came there like, we need a virgin tonight for this specific moon in this specific place. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great. Also, Megan Fox needs to play a villain more often. Yeah, I I think it's really hard to to find roles for her because she is so perfectly pretty. Yeah. She nails this role. I don't Hell I yeah. can't see anybody else play like now that I've seen her Jennifer, I I couldn't see anybody else in the role. Yep. She's fucking perfect. She delivers all the lines even when they're not that great. Like I mm-hmm. 
I, the scene where she's, I mean, I think it's in all the trailers and everything, but like the scene where she's swimming through the lake naked and then mm-hmm. she comes up on the dock, just like that slow motion scene of just watching her swim toward the dock is fucking great. She looks like an alien. She does not look human. <laughs> it's so great. And I'm like, I'm sure it's accentuated or whatever to, to really give me that impression. But like she, she looks the part. She is that character. And like every time she talks, it is like she is just, she's got a tongue made of knives, you know? Yeah, well, and you you totally believe like the um, the mean girl side of her and like the 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 slight narcissism she has because like when she becomes a demon, she's only like an amplified version of herself that also eats boys. It's like she's sharing her body with the demon, mm. so she decides that she's gonna just start eating boys because she wants to look super pretty again, and she doesn't like when she looks blah. Yeah, yeah, and. They do a really great job. Like when you see her looking blah, uh, needy at one point is just like, you know, she looks she looks ugly, like ugly for Jennifer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ugly for Jennifer is still better than half the school. Yeah, well, because she is like not of this planet pretty. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So there, there is maybe too much sexual tension between her and needy, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I'm fine with it. The, when she fucking first comes back as that demon and like you're not certain, I don't even think she knows whether she's going to eat needy or kiss needy. Mm-hmm. That is a great scene and it's very quiet and it, it, it's all right there and just like that quick moment and then she turns around and leaves the house. And from there, she starts eating other boys instead of needy. Like that's the whole movie. She wants to eat her friend. But Is she, that the movie, though? I think so, because every other boy that she touches so. has something to do with Needy. Yeah, but, but, I think it's, it, it turns to her trying to eat Needy's boyfriend, Chip, and the goth kid and stuff, because Needy's not cool with what Jennifer's doing. So, mm-hmm. I think the main theme of this, this movie, and which I wish I loved it more because I love this aspect of it, is about toxic friendships and friendships you you keep even though they are toxic and they yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. good for you and and Needy and Jennifer have this weird relationship in that they're both feeding into each other's insecurities like yeah. Jennifer is needs to know that she's pretty and gorgeous and popular and and having uh, like a lower class friend like Needy reminds her that she is of this status and and Needy wants to feel relevant and important and special and so she has Jennifer and they they both are just like terrible to each other but but I don't know it's no, you're right. I think you're 100% right. Like they all they give each other is a very sick validation that they don't really need. But they are very uh they're very insecure without that validation and it's also kind of a drug for them. Yeah, and it's also like an inability to sever ties. Like we all kind of have this situation where we're in friendships that are that have technically died a long time ago and we're still feeding into them even though they we're they're dead and i mean for some of us that might be romantic relationships some people are in romantic relationships that are long dead and and they keep feeding into them yeah. even though it's bad for both parties but it's just comfortable it's what you're used to doing and like it's a night out yeah that whole thing makes me so sad. If you're, there, 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 the relationships are complicated. Uh, but if you're in one that sucks, get out of it. And uh, friendships as well. If you got friends that are just dragging you down, get rid of them. Yeah. Like get rid of them in the nicest way possible. But you're better without them. I mean, you don't have to stop caring about them or never see them again. But there are plenty of people that you can say goodbye to that will make your life uh, a lot easier. But um, so yeah, on on, on the rela- on the note of 
toxic friendships like I myself and I think a lot of girls have experienced toxic friendships and girlfriends that weren't great and friendships that imploded or ended especially in high school like girl cliques come and go and and your your best girlfriends and stuff they change a bunch in high school because that's just the nature of being a teenager Mm. and there's a lot of backstabbing there's a lot of like bad stuff that happens then and you don't see that often depicted in um I mean I guess we did get a big good good resurgence of that in the 2000s we did actually have Mean Girls which was about a lot of backstabbing backstabbing in that toxic friendship thing but Jennifer's Body was one of the first ones that did that in a horror kind of spectrum. Heathers. Never mind. Heathers. Sure. Yeah. Um, the gore in this movie, though, to talk about something other than their relationships for a second, is awesome. I love fucking Jennifer just, like, mowing down on people. It looks great. There isn't really a lot of gore, though. There's not a lot of gore. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? I think I just like the character design of what Jennifer looks like when she's eating, dudes. Yeah, like her eye change, her yeah. jaw dehinge. They do Hell some. Yeah. They do some maneuvers so that we see more than we see. You know, the classic um, shadow consumption. We see her eating, um, eating boys shadow wise. Yeah, and. Uh, there's some really fun touches, like when she's trying to eat the jock guy out in the woods, and all, <laughs> all the, the woodland creatures there. come around. Oh, so oh, great! That's great. Yeah, and she's—he's like, "What? Are, what are they doing? They're waiting, because <laughs> they're gonna eat his corpse when she's done with him." I love that she doesn't eat all of them. She just eats like enough. Yeah, she's just eating enough to like be pretty, and then yeah, <laughs> don't no, don't be greedy. You don't need any more than that. Yeah, it's not that gory. Not it's it's really not that gory. I think I just I think she looks cool. I do like uh, the the final. It's not even the final is the problem. Like the big fight sequence between between Jennifer and Needy and and Chip, and Chip uh, in that abandoned pool. In the yeah, middle of nowhere. so the the I would call call that like the the final That's act the finale, set, right? set piece. I mean, it does keep going after that. We got one hell of an epilogue in this movie, but we have two epilogues. I do, doesn't that ending kind of disappoint you there a little bit? So the. It doesn't feel as big as it should. And yeah. It's, it's a lot of one-liners. And there's not a lot of action. Not that I'm expecting this movie to have a big bunch of action, but we watched Needy run to this set piece for like a good five-minute chunk, and it's yeah. like a run for her life to get there. And we're also seeing Jennifer sort of like swooping in and taking Chip um, just like in, uh, on his way to prom and stuff. Like it's, it's, it's all building really well. Yeah, to get to this point where all three characters are in the same space and Jennifer has already kind of eaten Chip yeah, the by the time Yeah, by the time Needy gets there. Yeah. yeah, and there's one great moment where Jennifer like rises out of the water and she's like hovering. She's like a fucking snake. You and know? It's, it looks great, but yeah. then that's your only real action moment of that whole entire really cool set piece. I think the problem too is that there's not a lot of music behind it. It's really mm. played quietly. And I think it should be a rock and roll moment. It should be because it feels like one, right? And it's prom night. Yeah, and the movie centers around a fucking rock band. (laughs) Uh, It's supposed to hurt, I guess, is is what it is. Like it's supposed to be painful that moment, but it's it doesn't come off that way, unfortunately. Especially for how Chip just like impales her with a pole. Like these are all rock and roll beats. Yeah, and then but and then that scene even ends weird because. Um, Jennifer just like squirrels away like Meh. yeah Jennifer's just like man she's just like on, man. oh that line <laughs> so dumb oh that line um, and she just I go like both ways <laughs> and she just fucks off out a window and then Needy has Chip die in her arms we're brought way down it's like 
these third act beats came way too late or wait. It's like this. We thought this. We were all set up for the finale. Like there's fucking roots and water and shit everywhere. Yeah. Like I thought we were going to fight. Yeah. And now we got to deal with needy sort of like dressing up and sneaking in and killing Jennifer a lot quicker than you would expect because we got to wrap shit up now. And then from there we go to the mental institution and there's a montage about the band. And, and like the credit montage and everything are great. Like because. Turns out Needy got scratched or bit or something by Jennifer before she killed her. Now she's got demon powers. And now she's got demon powers. She's got all them demon powers without those demon problems. And so she's going to go kill the rock band, which is good. I mean, they get cool. they get their up and up. They yeah. get their deserving thing. And why do they get their deserving thing? Because Sorry. <laughs> why do they get their up and ups? Their comeuppance? <laughs> because they didn't sacrifice a virgin. Like, the whole thing comes back to that one mistake they made. The reason Jennifer is all fucked up and eating people is because she's not the person they were supposed to kill. And, like, yeah, they have a taste of fame and they're getting a little bit of it, but it's all going to come crashing down. It's all for nothing because they didn't sacrifice a virgin. Demon sacrifice 101, guys. Right. <laughs> the ending is eh. Yeah, I do. I, I do like you know, like over the credit sequence, we have like photos with of, the photos, yeah, or like they're partying, the and, and then yeah. and then it's like all the the, the um, crime scene photos, the chaos of yeah, it's good. Yeah, and she impales the lead singer uh, with the same dagger because she found at some point while she was walking from the mental hospital to um, wherever the low shoulder the band was, she found the end of Devil's Kettle. She found the knife and a few balls floating around like by the edge of the road, which was wonderful. I just want to point out that where that knife, where she found that knife, where the Devil's Kettle fall lets out is right beside a sign on the side of the road that says low shoulder. It's like she is like forces of good now are all working in, they're colluding to get her to the band to kill them. Hmm. It's also interesting, too, because I'm sure they probably chucked Jennifer's body down that hole. Oh, definitely. And she came That's out. She came That's out. where she came out. For sure. Interesting. I love the kettle Quite. idea. That's yeah. probably my favorite part of the whole movie is it's the good. fucking devil's kettle bit. I don't understand how the scientists were able to figure out where that, those balls went, but whatever. I know. Whatever. You could have thrown an iPhone, like a waterproof iPhone down there and just like turned to find my iPhone <laughs> a on. A GoPro? And it out. Yeah, anything. <laughs> Oh, like, oh shit, it comes up behind Jim's cottage. All right. Yeah, I don't know how, like, what I would have changed in favor of making this movie closer to what I expected it to be, because I think it is, I don't know. I, I am in absolute love with parts of this movie. I think parts of this movie are fucking amazing. You know what I would have done? I would have had the final draft looked over by Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> okay. That's what it needed. That's all it needed. I think, yeah, it just needed to be a little zanier. Mm, yeah. And, like, the reveal in the band when that comes is great, too. Like, you don't know that all, like, right away. Like, there is some mystery about what happened to Jennifer. But then when she tells the story, it's like, I don't know why you're telling me this story. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a great scene when we get it, but you're like, yeah. why are we doing this retroactively? It's very strange. And it's at a point where, like, Jennifer, like... We ever, know she's evil. We know she's evil. Needy knows she can't be trusted. Needy knows exactly what she's doing. But, like, it's still just kind of like, uh, we're going to hang out and have slumber parties. <laughs> we don't share secrets, you know. 
I don't know that I'd change anything. Some people seem to love this movie, and I'll let them have it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think us, I'm just though. sad because I really wanted. I, I really, really yeah. wanted this to be like a favorite. Yes, agreed. And it, it was so very close yeah. to being a, a favorite, but it's still a very good movie. So, I mean, if you haven't seen it or you haven't revisited it in a long time, I would highly encourage you do. And uh, you might like it more than you did the last time you saw it. Yeah, I definitely like it more now than I did upon first watch. Yeah. I think you just need to get over your like expectations and you're like, okay, I'm going to watch this for what it is and not what I want it to be. Exactly. And uh, I mean, some of those lines of dialogue, though, you're just like, oh, I can't get over uh, this. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, Giving me a wedding. Like, oh, God, who says that? No human on the planet. Eh, that's true. Uh, so not even the, the... Nah, stop beating around the bush. What's your rating? Uh, I'm going to give it a two out of four. I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of four. Fair. Yeah. I really wanted... To, I, I was watching this movie just like, oh, man, 3.5 out of four. going to be great. And then we notched down and we notched down and we notched down. Yeah, I've seen it a bunch too, so like... This is as good as it's going to get for you? No, I'm just like, there's... there's. I don't think I'm going to find any more fun surprises in it. Like uh-huh. that that band scene when they're when they're sacrificing Jennifer, I think is the 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 highest point of the movie for me. Like the oh, yeah. most fun point of the film. And I love watching Megan Fox. Like I love when she kills boys and stuff. I think she's great. Um, she's a very spooky villain. But it's it's too simplistic for... I don't know. They're they're playing too much in the relationship drama, and and I don't know if it's nailed. So I really wouldn't. You know what? You know what I would change with the movie? Maybe one more boy. If we kill one more boy, we would get there. Like one more kill. One mean? more random boy. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say just less dialogue. Give me the give me the entire movie again. Less dialogue. Yeah. 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 But let us know what you thought of Jennifer's Body and our other film of. Devil in a what dress? Do we Devil call? in a prom dress. Devil, Devil, <laughs> Devil in a prom dress. The loved ones. You can tweet at us at NOFS Podcast. You can also join us in the Horror Fiend Club on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash horror fiends of NOFS. We are controlling transmission. This week's episode of Nightmare on Film Street is brought to you by All Hallows' Eve LLC's Terror Town. A Halloween festival for the adult horror fan, Terror Town is a 19th century haunted attraction filled with restaurants, bars, axe throwing, live music, and performances, including Nightmare on Film Street. We'll be at Terror Town October 4th, 5th, and 6th, hosting a screening of Sleepy Hollow and a Tim Burton costume party, a dead alive bingo game, and more. Terror Town is open now and runs weekends through to November 3rd in Williamsburg, Ohio. Visit AllHallowsEveLLC.com for tickets and info and come hang out with the cool creeps. That's AllHallowsEveLLC.com. I think it's pretty clear which which movie we put the, the prom queen sash on, uh, but we're going to stick around for a few more minutes and play a game that Kim's put together. Do you? I'm really proud of it. You got a title for it? I'm so proud of it. Yeah, it is called A Night to Remember, or name that prom theme. Name that prom theme? <laughs> Whose prom theme is it anyway? <laughs> this works. I got it. I'm going to kill this game. Yeah, so I I rounded up a bunch of different horror movie proms, and John is going to have to guess what the theme of the evening was. No big deal. Uh, it's all under the sea stuff. <laughs> it's uh, going to be a real fun one. I had to do some serious sleuthing to figure out some, some themes for some of the older ones, because they were... 
Very, very vague. <laughs> Isn't it the worst when you come up with a good game? And oh, and it like, just like doesn't exist. And you, like, I gotta do like, all the work myself. Oh, Fuck. Man. Google was trying to send me to Pinterest to find prom theme decorations, <laughs> and I was like, no, that is not what I want. Um, you just need a list of like prom movies and then just watch them all for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And then I watched a bunch of clips and I was trying to decipher like what are these decorations or there's always a scene early on in the film where like two people are putting up prom signs. Yes. And it's got the theme on it. Yep. And I kept trying to find that fucking scene. And it's always when the two friends are not are not friends anymore. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> You're doing this now? Prom committee stuff? I thought I knew you, man. <laughs> but you can get that bonus episode and hours of other bonus content. I think we are up to over 60 bonus episodes now over at Patreon. Is that just for regular episodes or is uh, that including the drive home from the drive I think that's reviews? everything. I think that's the full length ones and the mini games. Um, but you can get those over at patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street in exchange for supporting the show. On top of that, we also have a drive home from the drive-in review. Our, our immediate thoughts leaving the theater after seeing It Chapter 2. You want to hear what we thought about Pennywise the Clown and the, the the conclusion of the epic saga. Calling it a saga. Can you call it a saga with two movies? Yeah. Calling it a saga. I mean, it's like a 30-year span. I think you can call it a saga. 27 years in the making, guys. And we... Watched it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had things to say. We'll be back at you again in two Thursdays from now with another full-length episode here wherever you're grabbing the podcast, whether that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, or whatever. If you have a quick second and you can leave us a quick five-star rating and review, we would be super grateful. It helps us grow in the charts here on whatever platform you're on. It's the easiest, <laughs> quickest, cheapest Freest way, way. Yeah, to support the show uh, just by recommending to some friends or leaving a five-star rating on iTunes. It really, truly helps. But until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. Just long enough to tell the tale of the nightmare on Film Street. Help us grow the horde. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. Continue this week's conversation. On Twitter by following at NOFS Podcast. And as always, more terror can be found lurking on our website, www.nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com. Until next week, stay creepy, fiends. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.